Welcome to the Pastor to Pastor podcast, where we aim to bring content and discussions that will build up and hold up pastors and their families as they pursue the call of God in their lives and their ministries. We pray that this episode leaves you encouraged and equipped to thrive as a minister or pastor in the kingdom of God. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Pastor to Pastor podcast. We are so excited to be launching our very first episode here. And before we get too crazy, um, we just want to let all of you pastors know um, that we're here for you and we love you. And so my name is Brad Livingston. Uh, I'm a pastor in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, and uh, we're excited to have uh, two of our pastors that are part of our organization, um, Dan Livingston, who's also my dad. So... <laughs> Glad to be here. It's awesome. <laughs> and Robert Pooley. Also his dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, we'll give a brief kind of overview to you guys that are watching or listening and, and kind of let you understand who we are just just briefly. Um, and so uh, I lead, I, I pastor a church in, in Pensacola, Florida called Transformation Church. Um, and my dad actually founded the church and we did a transition in 2018. Um, where I took over as lead pastor from him. And so, um, Dad, why don't you give them kind of some context to just a brief kind of where you've been in ministry so far. That's a, I, that's hard to do briefly, I guess. But yeah, that's a long story. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, married in 1980 to uh, my sweetheart, and uh, I was 21. She was 20. Uh, we went on our honeymoon, and three weeks uh, we were moving to the South Bronx, New York. And there we started our ministry and our marriage. And uh, we were there for uh, almost four years. Um, phenomenal ministry. Uh, learned so much being young there about ministry and life. And um, then going from there, we've uh, worked as assistant pastor and then become a lead pastor of a church and uh, several churches. Yeah. Uh, we're lead pastor. And then we came to uh, Pensacola in 1993 mm-hmm. and uh, as a pastor of a uh, church here in town. And then from that, uh, we started uh, what was then called Hearts of Love Ministry uh, with 13 of us in our living room. And uh, I, I was really, Easter Sunday, I was standing against the wall and I looked and there was one row with 13 chairs in it. Oh, wow. And I thought, wow, God, this is where we started yeah, with yeah. 13 and look at what you're doing today. And it was overwhelming to me sure. at that moment. But, um, and, and we've just seen God honor yeah. you know, his word and, uh, bless us. And then, and as you said, then two eighteen, uh, you took over as lead pastor. It wasn't a quick, a sudden thing. It was, uh, really a three to four year journey yep. four, that we were on yeah. before you took over. It was very intentional mm-hmm. and a very healthy transition. And the church is, uh, more than quadrupled, um, in these four years. And we're celebrating, uh, what God is doing. Nothing like being on the front row cheering your son yeah, as he beautiful. leads in pastors. Right. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's been, it's been great. And so, uh, there's, there's a few years of ministry experience on in uh, about 42 there, so. right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Good. And then Robert, uh, why don't you let us know a little, you know, the brief version of your ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up, grew up here in Florida. Um, Went to church as a kid, immediately kind of went out of church as fast as I could as soon as I got old enough to say no. I was a musician playing the bars and all of that. Got radically saved in uh, 1981 and started playing in a Christian rock and roll band. Spent eight years doing that. 
when that season was over, we had moved away. We were living in the uh, North Carolina and then the Washington, D.C. area. And then we came back to Florida where I had grown up. And uh, God used me on staff as a youth pastor and worship leader, associate pastor. You know, you just wear yeah. all the hats, bathroom cleaner, right, right, uh, everything there. Chair stacker. Yeah. Chair stacker, <laughs> yeah. table carrier. <laughs> and uh, did all of that in um, uh, 1998. We planted Coast Community Church. Wow. And uh, that was quite an experience. We're in Gulf Breeze, Florida, and uh, have been pastoring that since 1998. So it's a wow. lot of years of ministry there. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's so awesome. Well, we, uh, the, our, our goal as we launch this very first podcast is to help pastors out there understand that you are not alone, that we love you and that we care for you. As a matter of fact, we exist to help pastors know that we're, that there is a, a group of pastors, um, that understand your hurts, understand your burdens, understand what you're going through. And we're here for you. Um, we have amazing resources on our website that you can check out, um, that can help you understand how you can connect with us. And we want to connect with you to know, um, the process. And, and so you can go to pastor to pastor.life and you can get that information today. The main, uh, the, this episode is about one question, which is why is pastor to pastor important? Why is it that we believe that an organization like Pastor to Pastor is necessary and important? And throughout that, we'll kind of introduce you to the three phases of what Pastor to Pastor uh, has available for you as a pastor. Um, so that if you're listening and you want to connect with us right away, you can do that um, and find out more about that. But let's just answer that question first. Uh, that is, is, why is Pastor to Pastor? Number one, this is your baby. This is you, you launched this whole thing. And so uh, we put an engine behind it with our cre amazing creative team, John, and, and um, he's been able to help create the engine that's now functioning yeah. this thing. But you've been doing this for a while. Well, I mean, it just really started on its own. You know, it was a God thing many years ago. Um, just started getting calls from pastors that were hurting. And, um, you know, when I understand, because I went through uh, serious burnout and, uh, and had to have really a healing in my own life uh, due to that. And thankfully, I had some pastors around me yeah. that deeply cared about me more than they cared about my gift. Mm. You know, because I had I went to pastors during that time, and uh, I had some that pastored large churches. I preached in their church. They and, and I highly respect them today. They did not mean harm. They just spoke out of what pastors knew to do then. And I told them I'm hurting. And they put an arm around my neck and said, God's anointing's on your life. It's okay. But it wasn't okay. okay. When I went home that <laughs> yeah. night, it wasn't okay. I was a broken wreck. That's right. And yeah, God's anointing was on me, but it was on a, it was on a broken wreck yeah, yeah, yeah. that was really headed down a steep slope. And I needed, I needed to be healed. And, uh, and so God allowed me to experience that healing. And it was a process. It wasn't a one-night altar experience. It was a journey and still in it. A painful healing. It, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. painful healing. And uh, But, you know, God allowed me to experience that. And when that word got out, pastors started calling going, you understand. I want to talk to someone that understands. Mm. You know, and from then on, it's been, you, you know, you've watched it. Yeah, uh, up to 14 pastors at a time. Yeah that we were talking with, you know, uh, from pastors that just begin to recognize that they're struggling to pastors that had complete moral failure, um, you know, but we're still people. 
We're yeah. human beings uh, that are creating the image of God that God still gave us life for. And so God really put a burden in my heart for uh, pastors that are healthy and that are sick and are broken, you know, and uh, it just kind of went on its own. But I, I think to answer the question, why pastor to pastor, I think the answer came out of a dialogue that the three of us have already had that you can pastor a thousand people, but they don't get it. Right. You can have an executive pastor, an assistant pastor, a youth pastor. You can have all the staff that you want to have, but they don't get it. That's right. They don't get the burden you carry. They don't understand the stress that you're under. They don't understand the isolation that you live in. People think, you know, I have so many people, you know, being in ministry 42 years, I would often have people go, well, you know, I was going to invite you over to the house, but I know you're at everybody else's house or you've got everybody at your house or you're going out with everybody in your church and they have no idea how alone you are yeah. as a pastor, yep. you know? And so I, I, I think really why pastor to pastor is because pastors are probably the most isolated, lonely people in the church that yeah. they pastor. And when you isolate yourself, you become vulnerable. It's true. And unconsciously, you become a big target for the enemy. And that's when he begins to play with our mind, our emotion, our spirit. And we find ourselves in all these different emotions. And when we're not talking to someone that's mm-hmm. healthy, yeah. that really cares about us, that wants us to succeed. You know, there's right. always been such a competition mm-hmm. in yep. ministry yep. that we're afraid to talk to someone because they may be the one that helps cause me to go down, you know, rather than lift me up. And yep. and so we just want this ministry to be an outreach to let you know you're way more important to us than your your calling, your gift, or anything that we care about you as a human being, and we want to see you thrive in the blessing and the favor of God on your life, on your family, and then in your ministry. And we want to be a safe place for pastors to know that they can be transparent and not worry about being in the news tomorrow or worrying about us calling other pastors to talk about them, but that we just want to be your friend. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to help you. We want to take you on a journey. Like where you're at is not where this ends. Right. Right. And I think that's the, that's the message of hope that we need to hear as pastors, particularly pastors who have experienced it. Robert, you've experienced something similar in your own, your own journey, which, you know, um, and so why why don't you kind of give us a good, why is pastor to pastor important to you? You know, well, Dan really said it well. Pastors still so isolated. I mean, you're told, every pastor I know has been told at some point, don't be friends with people in your congregation. (laughs) You know, be very, very careful. You really can't trust anybody, you know. I mean, and these are well-meaning people, whether it's in seminary or Bible college or just other pastors giving you advice. They're they're setting you up for failure. Sure. uh, Because they're telling you to isolate yourself. And so most of us get to that point. I was very fortunate. I went through major burnout uh, just, you know, after 20 something years, which by the way, that's, that's the mark. I I'm contending that the burnout is happening faster and faster now because of the way churches are started and that sort of thing. But I went through major burnout. I mean, to the point of where I was wanting to just quit and do anything else. I was begging God, yeah. you know, just let me, yeah. let me go do this. But the, the thing that really was the saving point for me was that I had 
pastors in my life that that I could be vulnerable with and be real. And I could say to them, this is the ugly part of what I'm feeling. These are the thoughts that are roaming around in my head. These are my fears. These are all the things. And I need somebody to talk me off the ledge. And, and I had that. That's why I'm still standing. Come on. But the thing is, is that most people don't have that. Yeah. Most people don't have those kind of real friendships. They have pastors they know, but pride keeps them from telling them what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Fear keeps them. If I tell them, will they tell you know other people what's going on in my life? Yep. In my situation, uh, it wasn't a, a sin thing. It was just I was burnt out. I had been stepping in. People don't understand. Pastors step into other people's pain right. all the time. If you're at the hospital with somebody, if you're at the, you know, a car accident, if yep. if somebody calls you and their marriage is mm-hmm. falling apart, their kids have run off and yep. done something crazy. And so you were constantly over and over stepping into somebody else's pain. And if you don't have some sort of system to deal with that, yeah. you're going to crash. That's right. It is inevitable. Yeah. And so you what pastor to pastor does is provides a system to say, you don't have to be a statistic. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. I tell leaders constantly that, you know, we have a, at our church, we have a leadership pipeline where we're developing leaders. And and I believe there will be future pastors that come out of this. And, and one of the things I tell them all the time is you are spiritual firemen running into their lives and running into burning down lives. Constantly. That's what we do. And it's, it's, it's fatiguing. Well, the problem, the problem is, is that we're constantly doing that for everybody else while neglecting ourselves. Yeah. You know, when you get on an airplane to fly anywhere, one of the very first things you hear is a speech. And they tell you, if you're traveling with your kids and the oxygen mask pops down, you know, put it on yourself so that you can take care of everybody else. That's right. But we don't do that as pastors. We're taking care of everybody else. And then we're coming home and crying ourselves to sleep (laughs) at night. It's true. You know, or we're overeating or we're medicating in some way. I can't tell you how many pastors that I talk to who are self-medicating or, uh, you know, doing also we talked about, you know, pastors who are doing all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever the vice is that's helping them get through. That's whatever's helping them cope yeah. or numb through that situation. That's right. that's right. And, and man, it's scary. Well, and it's so interesting to me how we can identify it. We can so easily identify it in other people's lives. It reminds me of like, um, nurses who, you know, have a smoking addiction or a pill addiction or alcohol yeah. addiction. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, and I'm not as a pastor can, condemning those things. What I'm saying is it's so easy to, that they know all of the things to tell their patients to do, to get better. And here they're having to put something into their body that they know is destroying it just so that they can cope with all that they're going through to help those people. And we are very much the same way in whatever it is, whatever the vice is, whatever the thing is that we're like, Oh, this helps me feel better about all that I'm going through. It's really a good point because what happens is you, you, you sit there and you're always giving, or this is what you need to do to kind of make your marriage better. This is what will help you. And then your marriage starts yeah, struggling <laughs> and you go, I don't have a clue what to do anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, you really do. And what yeah. happens is you wind up talking with somebody and they'll tell you everything you ever, you know, have yeah. said yourself. Yep. But at that point, when you're dealing with it, you don't know how to deal with it. And if you're isolated, That's you've huge. got no help. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I noticed from you, uh, you know, I, I, so I, I grew up a pastor's kid, 
completely different vantage point. God bless you. Yeah, I know the fact that I'm here is the grace of God and a praying mother. That so, is the truth. Uh, so, um, but it is, <laughs> it is the 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 reality though that I when 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 you went through what you went through, Dad. Um, I I watched it, and I I knew without a shadow of a doubt that. There were, there were two key moments in your life that I was able to observe. And the first one, um, a, a, there was an, a pastor, Ross Knight, um, and, and another one um, that were instrumental. I mean, you say, in your own words, you wouldn't be here today if it weren't for them. Correct. Um, I watched it. And even though I was very young at the time, I know without a shadow of a doubt that without those people, we wouldn't be here. Fast forward, you know, uh, 16 years, I think. And in a much different way, you were in need of someone. And actually it was you, Robert, that was there in that season. Um, and, and in both of those situations, I recognize as a young person in ministry, I can't do this by myself. Yeah. I, I, I can't afford in, in I, I've watched it. I can't afford to do this by myself. And what I don't mean, go to a conference once a year and meet up with a bunch of people. Like it's a high school reunion and then go back to my silo. I mean, on a consistent basis, I can't do this by myself. Yeah. And far too many pastors are doing it by themselves. And and I'm telling you, I'm a young pastor, so I'm not telling you what I know from my experience. I'm telling you what I know from what I observed from someone that was in it way longer. Um, You know, with you, dad, highest character I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen someone care for people better than you. I've never seen someone shepherd people better than you. I've never seen any of those things. And yet they're still with all the greatest intentions and all the greatest desires and serving the kingdom faithfully for decades. We all come to that moment where that silo will destroy you if you have it. And thank God for you, Robert. And and before that, the others that were able to be with you through that, because we don't know where we'd be without it. The interesting thing is that then when I went through my burnout, (laughs) Dan was there to help me. Yeah. You know, so it's it's one of those things. There's that yeah. that it, it puts a heart in you for other pastors. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think about it a lot. I know you do because you're 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 talking to so many pastors, and I and I am too. That there's that they you just see it the hurt, the pain, the confusion, the not being sure what to do, not being sure who they can trust, what they can do, mm-hmm. and they just go, I don't know what to do. I've had pastors say that over and over. I don't know what to do in this situation. I, I, I just, and you know that they're thinking about doing something really desperate. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I totally agree. I think we, we have not learned how to separate preacher from pastor. Mm. And our identity is built in the community around our preaching. Come on. Right. Because right. so that's good. what they hear on Sunday or right. Wednesday or whenever you have church. So our identity is built around, he's a preacher. I like his preaching. I like his style. Yeah. That's, you know, but that's not how we live our day every day. We're pastors. Mm-hmm. And that's where people don't understand. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I love, Brad, what you often say. You've got to have some people in your life that 
um, know enough about you to destroy you, but love you too much to do it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you got to have some people that know you when you're not up there and, you know, preaching right. the gospel, you're wanting to quit. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're ready to throw in the towel or you're just tired or, you know, you can be transparent with and go, I'm done, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I told you that day, mm-hmm. Robert, when I met with you, you know, was I, I can't keep doing this. I'm, I feel like a fake in the pulpit right now because I don't mm-hmm. feel anything. I'm watching people get saved. I'm watching people get ministered to. I'm watching God heal people. And I'm going home going, I didn't feel a thing. I'm like an empty vessel here that has nothing on the inside, but I've learned how to minister enough. I can do it whether I feel it or not. And God's grace is gracious, and he was there, but I can't do that forever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it goes back to the story that really we all use with Pastor to Pastor, and it'll be one of our podcasts. But, you know, David was the giant killer. You know, he's the one that as a teenage boy, somewhere in that 16, 18-year-old time frame, they're saying, somewhere between there and 20, you know, we all know the story. He goes out and kills Goliath, and they wrote songs about him. The women played the tambourine and danced in the street, you know, and sung songs about him. But 40 years later, David's not a teenager. He's an adult. He's king. He's fought battle after battle after battle. And in 2 Samuel 21, we hear the story where the Bible said that the Philistines rage war again Mm -hmm. with Israel. And David girded himself, put on his armor like he had for all these other battles, but he realized he was weak and faint, that now the king was tired. He was wearied. But he had an enemy in front of him who happened to be Ishbibanab, the son of Goliath, who waited 40 years to avenge the death of his father. He had heard all the stories of how this young kid humiliated his dad, took his life, cut his head off, you know, had songs written about him, waited 40 years to a moment that David was tired and faint to come to destroy him. And David couldn't fight there. I'm working on a book that we're writing, the giant that David could not kill. Right. Because he could kill Goliath, but he wasn't able to kill Goliath's son. So God had to have another armor bearer called Abishai. And the Bible said that Abishai secured David. And the word there in the original means to cover from the front. It's good. You know, when people say, I've got your back, I don't need you behind me when the enemy's in front of me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, But he secured, he he covered David, and Abishai killed the giant that David could not kill. Come on, good. And that is the heartbeat of this ministry that... I have, I know, and the many, many pastors that I have met with, and especially those that have found themselves in moral failure, they weren't in their 20s and 30s when their hormones are flying out the window. They're in their 50s and 60s after 30, 40 years of ministry front line, hitting it hard. But the enemy waited. He don't mind waiting. He don't mind waiting 20, 30, 40 years, but he waits. You know, the Bible said when Jesus came out of the wilderness that the enemy tempted him every way possible. But then it says, and he waited for an opportune time. Mm -hmm. It was just like the little cartoon of the little devil on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. And that's what he does. does. And, and as pastors, he would almost rather you get a following so that when he takes you out, he takes the whole thing out. Mm -hmm. And so as pastor to pastor, we just want to be a safe place that we want to be your Abishai. Ross Knight was my Abishai. He rescued me. Yeah, yeah. Showed up at my house at two, four in the morning, you know, uh, 
crazy. I mean, the man, and I didn't know him that well. <laughs> I, I, we were not like close friends. God just put me on his heart. And he was a, a black pastor here down at Apostle. And the, he was my angel, man. He saved me. Wow. And I would not be alive. And I sure wouldn't be in ministry today if it wasn't for Apostle Ross Knight. He is my Abishai. And this so ministry good. will honor him forever. Right. Right. We honor him knowing we would not be here as TC today if it wasn't for Apostle Rice Knight. Destroying the enemy that I did not have the strength to destroy so at that come time. On. Come on. And so that's the foundation of pastor to pastor. Yeah. Is that there's a, there is an enemy out there in every one of our lives. All of us. I don't care how God's using us, how great things are now. Every one of us has an enemy that we can't destroy. We've got to have somebody in our life that's going to fight for us. Yeah. Can I mention another aspect of why pastor to pastor is important is the, is the idea that, you know, as, as a calling to be a shepherd, sheep tend to wander. <laughs> and because they do, pastors deal with rejection in just this major, major way. And there's not a pastor that I've talked to that hasn't had somebody walk away you know, that you've poured yourself into Man. and, and they just, they just ghost you. They're yep. gone. Yeah. And you're going, what happened? What? And you, I mean, all of that rejection starts building up over time and it's hard to process through it. And every pastor that I know, I talk to them over and over and over again. It always comes up. You know, I just poured my life into this person. I was there, you know, at the hospital with them. I was there with them. Their marriage is together because of this. And they just walked away and didn't say a word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you said that. Um, it's not real funny. It's not. It's no. It's not funny at all. It's funny that you said it, but it's not funny that it happens. Right. Uh, I so uh, I have I have a therapist and a counselor um, that I talk with once a month. Um, and if for any pastor out there, if that's permission for you to go get one, go get one. It's uh, one of the healthiest thing you contact can do. us, and we can help you with uh, far we, one of the healthiest we, we can, things. You can. Yeah, we can connect you with uh, with one of ours. But uh, I I was talking with my with my therapist recently and he was in a counseling session and, and we exposed, he was helping me expose the reality that I've been in survival mode since I was six um, from ministry. And so the move from, uh, from Cincinnati, from Kentucky to here, um, that reset in my life was put me into a survival space because I had to start all over. Um, and then then what we went through the fam and, and then it's this trickle effect. And, um, what, what we, what I deal with on a very high level and it's, it even impacts how I make decisions now at 35, yeah. um, is that, um, I am frightened that people are going to leave me. Yeah. Like it is, it is a all encompassing fear that I that people are going to leave me. Every person that I come in contact with, every person that I deal with, every per like the my greatest fear is that because and it's not an it's not a fear that's like oh that's not you know you're just scared of that but it's not going to happen. It's like no 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 I feared because I know what's going to happen because I watched it happen for decades. 
what you just explained, um, I've watched it. You know, I watched it happen to my dad for decades and I've already experienced it. You know, I've been in full-time ministry for 12 years now and I've experienced it so many times and multiple it, times it, over it's and over damaging. Again. Like it is, it's painful. Um, it, it is just one more instance in which you go, I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's you know? not something that you, honestly, it's not something that you ever get used to. No. There's not ever a point where you just go, oh, yeah, well, I recognize this. I've been through it. Yeah. And you just shrug it yeah. off. It hurts every single yeah. time. And if yeah. you're not finding, if there's not a way to replenish yourself or you don't have people that you can be real and be honest with, yeah. Then you're not going to get through it. I, I had a, a meeting last week. Last week, I had a meeting with someone who is a prominent person in our church. Um, and when they called and asked for the meeting, I already knew what it was about. Um, and and I, I didn't think they were leaving the church, but I knew it was going to be a hard meeting. Um, and it was a hard meeting, it was a necessary meeting. They're not leaving the church. But I stayed awake for two nights. I could not sleep for two nights leading up to that meeting because there was part of me that was going, but what if they do? Right. And it's not like we're, we're at that point of the church. One person leaving doesn't cripple us. I couldn't deal with it. Right. Like I could not. Emo- like, And again, it just comes back. Now I have a, apparently a very unhealthy fear <laughs> for this. So like, that's what I'm, I'm working through. Um, mm. But all that to say is you're right. I'm just giving, I'm trying to give yeah. other pastors out there an understanding that, yep. Well, I think here's someone that deals with it. Right. And our, just to be fair, yeah. our church is thriving right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not, to, I'm not, you know, I, one of my favorite sayings for something like pastor to pastor is you need to be connected to people that don't, that aren't impressed by how big your church is. And I believe that <laughs> right. when I say that, what I'm saying is things are going really well. And yet, here I am losing sleep over one person. Right. And that's what, that was what I meant to say but when it, I was bringing go, that up. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll guarantee you, if you're listening to this right now and you're a pastor, you've experienced this. What we're saying to you, you've experienced, you've lived through this and you're feeling all the pain of that. And you start thinking if, if that one person, if that family does leave, mm-hmm. they've got influence. How yep. many more are going to follow behind them? That's going to start a trickle. And you've just, you know, you've just hired staff and you've just done this and you just, there's a yep. new initiative you're right in the middle of. And it's the worst possible timing for yeah. a church split or a walkout yeah. Yeah, or yeah, 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 all yeah. of that sort of stuff. And so the devil comes in and attacks your emotions in That's ways right. because he is sitting on your shoulder and you're just yeah. like you were speaking. He's very, you're very vulnerable in those yeah. moments. And then yeah. you got to tell, then what do I tell my wife? Because if they don't leave, <laughs> right. If they don't leave, but my wife knows it, you know, my wife is one of those, like, if you come against my husband's, I'll scorn you forever. I will cut you. That's right. So she is, <laughs> she, she is that. And so, and so how much do I tell my wife not knowing what's going to be happening? Right. So, so how was your day? It was, it was good. You know, or what do you got going on tomorrow? Oh, not much. I got this huge meeting tomorrow and I, I don't know how it's going to go. And I'm terrified and I'm emotionally distraught and I'm going through all these personal things that now I'm in counseling and I'm going through all this internally in my head, in my heart, in my spirit, in my emotions. I'm dealing with all of these things and I can't even, I don't even want to tell my wife because if it's not what I think it might be, she is going to now look at this person through a lens that I don't need her to be looking at them through. I need her to look at them with hope and with restoration and not anger and frustration. So even the person that I want to share everything with, I'm going, I don't even want to tell her because what if all these things aren't real? And now I've just painted this picture of this person that I need my wife to love, which just adds on to the loneliness, right? Silos. 
So, but yeah. no, as you know, I'm listening to both of you talk there, and I totally agree with everything. I think the day that that one doesn't matter, we need to stop pastoring. That's oh, true. true. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Uh, totally. Not, yeah, no, not yeah. no, no. You know, I, that I that's agree. who we are. Yeah. You know, and it's going to be, a, and that again is why pastor to pastor is so important because it's not going to stop happening. Yeah. It's part of life, it's part of what happens. We none of us like it, but we it's not something we need to unload on our spouse. It's not sure. something we need to unload on our staff. Um, but Kids, we do right. need somebody right. yeah. that we can just get on the so phone good. with or a Zoom call with so or good. sit down on a cup of coffee yeah. with and go, Man, I'm re- this is hurt I'm hurting yeah. and I'm confused and I'm afraid or I whatever that understands it. Mm-hmm. And it's safe. They're safe. They're safe. Safe. Yeah. We're right. not, no one, I'm not interested in taking over your church. <laughs> it's no. like, you're, yeah. you're safe. You tell me whatever <laughs> you want to tell me because I'm not going to go behind you to your staff and be like, well, you're pa-. like, right. I don't want your church. We're not I calling got- your board. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you're good. You're safe. Like, we do not want anything from you like that. You know what I mean? It's like, so, yeah, 100%. That's so important. Well, sometimes, you know, it, it may not even be that you need a whole bunch of advice. Sometimes you just need to be heard. Yeah. You just, I just need to be able to say this to somebody right. and then say, you know, okay, you're not crazy. That's, that's, that's a that's, real thing. That's it. You're not crazy. That's I, a real I, thing. Yeah. It's a real thing that people yeah. deal with. I was shocked and, and probably you were too, Dan, when, when you started experiencing this stuff and you think I'm the only person this has ever happened. That's right. To. God. Wouldn't the enemy love to convince us of that? Yeah. And then when you start finding out, no, this is very, very common. I remember reading Wayne Cordero's book, Leading on Empty, and finding out just how common burnout was right. for pastors. And, you know, if, if by some strange chance Wayne Cordero hears this, thank you, my brother, because <laughs> that your book made all the difference in the world to me. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's, a, that's a great reference, a great resource that's 100%, out there. 100%. Yeah. You know, but organizations... And, and, and things like pastor to pastor are so necessary right now because the burnout rate is increasing. That's I mean, right. if, you're, if you're on social media, you're seeing pastors who are stepping down. All, I mean, just every day, it seems like there's some new either scandal or situation. And yeah. some of those things are, are deserved. Some of them are not deserved. I mean, sure. I, when I say deserved, I don't mean nobody deserves the pain sure, that, no, no, gets, no. Yeah. that gets. Some of them are legitimate on. and some right. of them are not. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but the fact is, is it's happening all around us and we all see it. Yep. You know, I remember uh, seeing a, you know, a prominent pastor that if we mentioned names, everybody would know, and they were having to step down from the ministry and I was telling my wife, well, so-and-so stepped down and it's like, oh no, not again. It's just like all the, and, and I could just see that yep. hurt in her eyes, yeah. you know, of this. And so you just see it and you know it. And then you start thinking, what if it's me next? Yeah. What if somebody comes after me? Somebody's got an agenda or that sort of thing. hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, I, I'll never forget Evie Hill, who was one of my favorite I preachers. Uh, he was, I think it was Barbara Walters. I could be wrong there, but I think it was her interviewing him. And uh, whoever it was, they asked him a question, you know, what do you sin? And he said, absolutely. He said, not only plan to, but he said, I'm sure in my life that I sin. He said, uh, but after what I saw y'all do to Swagger and Baker, he said, my sins are between me and God and they're going to stay there too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sad yeah. to say, 
Yeah. That's the unconscious mentality that we walk in, especially as ministers. It doesn't have to be sin. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. And we care about you just as much if it's a sinful act, if it's immoral, or if it's just tired. Yeah. You know, Such we want you to know we care about you. You are so more important to us than your situation or your gift. We care yeah. about you as a human being, and we know that God does too, and we just want to be an outlet that that we can't we're not going to sit here and tell you we can resolve all your problems but we can tell you we're going to stand beside you and we're going to love you and we're going to hold you and we're going to stand in front of you when you can't fight yeah and we're going to fight that battle for you with everything that's, that's within us because we believe that there's still plenty that God has yeah. for you for us and it's just time that we stop you know watching dead corpse called pastors fall right. on the yeah. battlefield uh, and let's start picking them up and watching God do some amazing things through us. Well, we need Aaron and hers to hold up our hands right. and yeah. kind of get us through those moments and to yeah. walk us through so that we can get to the next place that we're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, for some, uh, it, it may not be a big moral failure. It may not be a big sin. They just may be tired, and you just need somebody to come along and say, "It's gone. You're, you're going to yeah. get through this, this. and we'll yeah. help you." And I'm yeah. here. You know, you you can always depend on me. You can call me. We'll work through this. Yeah. You know, you so need good. people like that in your life. You, you know, the, or you can say, "Hey, listen. Here's a way that you can set up a structure even around you yeah. of people in your local area that you That's can right. be real with and all that." Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I, I love uh, Chris Hodges when he talks about you're only as sick as your secrets. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just a part of who we are. If we're holding all of that stuff in, that stuff is eating at us. It's working like a cancer in our life. And there has to be some sort of surgery to that's take right. care of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that it's an important distinction that, you know, that we, that as we're talking about this, that, um, that we care for people and you, you as a pastor need to be connected. You need, you, you, you can't be in a silo. You got to be connected. And, and here's the deal. We want to offer that. And so I want to take just a moment, um, you know, probably in the next three or four minutes and kind of just explain to you guys in this first episode, exactly what we offer as pastor to pastor. So we offer pastor to pastor operates in three different phases. Um, the first phase is preservation for the healthy. Um, and what that means is for a number of pastors out there, you're in a relatively good place. You're, you're, you're pastoring your church. You're excited about the future. Um, you're ambitious in a healthy way and things are going pretty well. Um, but you're probably in a silo. There's probably a very limited number of people that you trust in your community and you need to be com uh, connected to other pastors. Um, and pastor to pastor is a network um, of pastors where we have resources, blogs, these podcasts, videos, um, but also Zoom calls where you can hop on with, you know, six to eight or more other pastors and just talk and have a conversation and and know that there's people out there. And through that, you can connect with individual pastors that you can call on a Sunday or a Monday when you want to quit, you know, or a Monday when you want to celebrate, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, but you just need somebody. You need someone that can make your highs better and your lows not as bad. And so we want to get you connected to, um, to that. And so we offer that. Preservation for the healthy is important. The next thing that we offer um, is renovation for the hurting. Uh, and, and that space is if you're experiencing burnout or you're just in a kind of a broken place right now, you haven't made a decision that's wrecked your character, or, you know, but you're just, you know, you're in a low place and you're going, if, if this doesn't change, 
I got to do something. Like if this doesn't change, I know this doesn't end well. And for those people, that's the second phase of what we do as pastor to pastor. And so um, we have a process that we want to connect with you. And that's more in a personal format that can be in person if you decide that you want to do that. And we can you can go through our website to connect with us and we can walk you through the logistics of what that looks like based on where you're at and all of those things. But um, we offer that for you or we can do it via Zoom. But that's a more of a one on one type of care. You're not you're not out of the fight yet um, and you haven't made decisions that are hurting your character, but you are in a place where you know you can't keep doing it this way. Um, and we have a system that we want to help walk you through on that. And and, uh, and, and Robert is kind of helping us lead the charge in that space because that's his, um, you know, that's the primary portion of what he's come out of and he wants to help walk pastors through it. Um, and then um, the, the last phase is restoration for the broken. And if you're a pastor out there and you have, you know, made a decision that has challenged your character, you have fallen, you have a moral failure and maybe it's in the public eye and maybe people know about it, or maybe you are carrying that wound underneath your suit jacket and you have yet to let anyone see it. What I know what we know is a wound without care is an infection and infections kill you. And so we want to help you get that thing taken care of. You need it. You need, do not die on the battlefield because you weren't willing to get care for your wounds. And so we want to help you through that. We are people that you can trust. And it comes Galatians six is what I'm reminded of. Therefore, brothers and sisters and Paul's writing and he references brothers and sisters. He's referencing Christians. If one, if your brother stumbles or if they fall, you restore them. And our goal is to fulfill that, to restore you. Um, you are not the same way. You're not defined by your title. You're also not defined by your fall. This is not the final step in your journey. It's only the final step in your journey. If you refuse to take more, and we want to help with that process. And so the same thing, that is a one-on-one -on -one process. And, and we have uh, set up through pastor to pastor where if we need to be there for you, to help with your family, to meet with your board, to establish whatever is needed for your church, we are prepared to do that for you. And so we want to help with that. And so that's what pastor to pastor is here for. And so um, you've heard our hearts today. And so um, we're just so grateful for you. Uh, Robert, any last words before we wrap this thing up that you want any pastor out there to hear? Well, I just, I just want to say, if you're listening to this, I know you're probably sitting there and you're thinking through all the different reasons why you can't get help, why you can't talk to somebody, put all those things aside because there's people who really do want to stand alongside you and help you. And there's ways to do this. And so we'd like to be a part of that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And you know, we, we hear this consistently. Um, if it's a denominational pastors, I can't talk to anyone in my denomination or right. in history. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's true. That's very true. I grew up in denomination, you, you know, and then there's independent. The other side of that is then who do I talk? You know, right. uh, no a lack of accountability or lack of concern in those areas, you know, that you're kind of out there on your own sometimes. So uh, we just want to encourage you, whether you're an independent pastor, or whether you're a denominational pastor, those things really don't matter to us as you. I want to yeah. go back to you matter. Yep. And we're here for you. Come on. And then we're here for your family. 
and then we're here for your ministry. We just want to be that Abishai. Amen. That we can cover you and secure you and strengthen you in this time and then celebrate with you. Right. Yeah. In the end, when these shackles are gone or the tiredness is That's gone or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever your, right. your circumstances, when you're celebrating, we're celebrating. That's right. That's, That's right. our goal. Well, thank you so much um, for you guys that are watching, listening, pastors, Robert, and thank you uh, guys so much for sharing. I pray you've heard our heart today. If you want to connect with us, go to pastor2pastor.life, fill out any of that information, get connected with us. We want to connect with you and we can start the process and the journey together of whatever your need is, preservation, renovation, restoration. We want to help. And so we're grateful for you. We pray that God's hand would continue to be on your life. Thank you guys. Once again, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Pastor to Pastor podcast. Please subscribe to the channel to catch more episodes as they drop on the first Wednesday of each month. If you want more information about Pastor to Pastor or want to join our network to receive content more regularly, or if you want to partner with us or support pastors around the country, then go to pastortopastor.life to get more info. We hope to catch you on the next episode where we will connect again from pastor to pastor.